From the Church Pension Group, this is Choose Well. Hi, my name is Krishna Dalakia, and this is Choose Well, the podcast that focuses on well-being, from maintaining physical and psychological health to being financially secure. Today, we're focusing on a topic that has grown more serious over the last two years and could affect anyone who uses a computer. Fraudulent messages and scams perpetuated over the internet threaten consumers with billions of dollars in losses every year. According to Deborah Royster, Assistant Director at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's Office of Older Americans, consumers reported losing $3.3 billion to fraud in 2020, up 83% from 2019. And the problem may be particularly hazardous for older Americans. Elder fraud exploitation is one of the most common forms of elder abuse in the U.S. Before joining the Bureau, Ms. Royster served as Chief Executive Officer of Seabury Resources for Aging, a nonprofit organization that provides affordable housing, transportation, care management, and other support services to older adults and family caregivers in the Washington, D.C. region. Ms. Royster is a graduate of the University of Maryland and the University of Virginia School of Law. In the following interview, the Reverend Dr. Bob Honeychurch, who is a pastor, preacher, teacher, and a conference and workshop leader in the Episcopal Church, spoke with Deborah about the impact of scams, particularly for older adults. It's a conversation that is relevant to all of us, with information on scams that originated in the particular circumstances of the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as those frauds that have been around for quite a while and are growing, romance scams, tech support scams, and money mule frauds. Let's join Bob and Deborah in their conversation. I'm delighted today to have Deborah Royster join us. Deborah is the Assistant Director at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and she heads the Office of Older Americans. Thank you so much, Deborah, for joining us today. Thank you very much, Bob. It's my pleasure to be here. To begin with, Deborah, could you just tell us a little bit about the the history and work of the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau? Yes. And then also a little bit about the work of your office. Thank you. I'd be delighted to. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is a 21st century agency that uh, helps to make sure that banks and lenders treat consumers fairly. Uh, The Bureau was created uh, over 10 years ago to help consumers during the height of the 2008 uh, housing and financial crisis. And we continue to address many of those issues today as uh, many people's housing and their finances have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, The Office for Older Americans helps to protect older consumers from financial harm. And we also work to help older consumers make sound financial decisions as they age. Uh, We also uh, look at trends in the financial marketplace to identify uh, issues that impact older adults and their families, and to elevate those issues within our agency, uh, with our federal partners, and to other stakeholders in the industry. A large part of our work 
uh, is really focused on preventing elder financial exploitation and scams against older adults. And uh, elder fraud exploitation is one of the most common forms of elder abuse in the United States. Uh, and it, there are estimates of losses to older con to consumers that uh, vary from $2.9 billion to $36.5 billion per year in losses affecting older adults. So that's, that's, that's a huge number. Could you talk a little bit about how, how the work of the Bureau has, has changed and evolved over time? Sure, sure. Well, we know that the pandemic um, in particular over the last uh, two and a half years or so has affected so many people and their families in terms of their health as well as their finances. And at the Bureau, we've really been working hard to share information with consumers to help address some of these financial challenges during the pandemic. And we've created a variety of resources that are available on our website at consumerfinance.gov coronavirus. In addition, we've also seen a dramatic increase in the number of scams uh, mm. during the pandemic. And um, the scammers are using the economic consequences of the global pandemic to their advantage. They always follow the money. Uh, and, and there are two, we think there are two main reasons for this. Uh, one is social, social isolation. And the second is that we're really all do, doing much more on online. And I can talk a little bit more if you'd like about, about those, two, those two issues. Sure, uh, it would be wonderful if you would. With regard to social isolation, uh, during the pandemic, we've, we've been quarantining, we've been isolated, restricting our social activities uh, for, for several years now. And so we're at home more. We can answer scam phone calls. And we may want to just pick up the phone to talk to someone more now than ever before because we're isolated. So we're seeing people less. And so if we get a scam call or an email or a text, we're less likely to be out and about talking with family and friends who may be able to help us recognize scams and alert us to them. Uh, the second reason is we're just all doing more online, including shopping, banking, we're meeting. Of course, this has been a lifeline in many respects for many, many consumers, but it also means that there are many more opportunities for scammers uh, to take advantage of us and to take our money and steal our, our personal information as well. And scammers have really uh, recognized these factors and they've taken advantage of them. Just one data point that I, you might find uh, striking. In the United States, consumers reported losing more than $3.3 billion to fraud in 2020. And that was an increase of 83% from $1.8 billion in 2019, according to data that we have from the Federal Trade Commission. Staggering losses, um, and there were 2.1 million fraud reports in 2020, and that's that's just what was reported. And imposter scams and online shopping scams were were the top scams, according to the FTC uh, Consumer uh, Sentinel data uh, that we have. Uh, but I would like to highlight three of the most common pandemic-related scams. Okay, they are COVID testing government imposters, and rental assistance scams. Ugh. So those are the top three that are COVID-related. 
in COVID testing scams, you know, they're obviously scammers are preying on people who are looking for COVID test kits. Uh, and we have a variety of tips that we offer um, and that are available on our website to help consumers avoid those, including not giving your social security number, looking for legitimate test sites and looking for FDA authorized test kits. Um, those are just a few. We also have, uh, we, we've seen a significant rise in government imposter scams. So we get the calls, um, posters pretending to be from Medicare, uh, saying that you know they're offering test kits. Um, I don't know about you, but I get at least four or five calls a day from scammers offering various types of products, including uh, uh, calls purportedly from Medicare. We have even uh, learned about scammers who are pretending to be FEMA who call about COVID-related funeral expenses. Oh. And I mean, this is this is a real this is a new low. There, you know, of course, there is a legitimate program where sure. FEMA will offer uh, up to nine thousand dollars for COVID-related funeral expenses. But we have scammers who are calling and pretending to be FEMA, and so right. of course, uh, you know, there are legitimate ways to find out about those resources. And the main, the main advice we have always to consumers is to visit government websites directly and um, obviously saying no to anyone who claims to be from a government agency who's asking for cash or gift cards, wire transfers and the like. Well, I hit a magic milestone just this month in that this is the, this is the month that I turned 65. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so so I have any number of scammers who have been find who, who have that information because it's public information, of yes. course. And all these people who are calling me because suddenly I am fair game for every scammer look looking to enroll me in any number of government authorized uh, programs. And sometimes it's hard to discern to really to tell the you know the difference, and especially if you're yeah, if you're distracted, you may be busy when someone calls or you, you you may be online and you get a message and, you know, it's it's very shocking. So it, you know, it's sometimes it can be easy to get drawn into some of these uh, these scams. I, a little unrelated, but I remember one uh, one time a number of years ago, I was online and I got an email from my bank telling me that my uh, my uh, ID had been compromised and I needed right. to immediately log on and make a change. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know? Right. So I, I link, I hit the link. And, and then all of a sudden it's like the light bulb went off. It's like, this is probably a scam. And so I, you know, I kind of shut that down, called the bank and they said, no, you're fine. You know, that was a scammer, but it was, it was, all about that moment, I was distracted and I was, for some reason, you know, they, they, they hit the button, they pressed my button and I thought it for a few minutes that that was legitimate. And it, you sure. know, I think the message is anyone can be a victim of a scam uh, right. at any given point in time. And there should be no shame in that when it happens. And people are shamed usually. They right. feel a lot of shame when that happens, right. but it can happen to anyone. Well, what are some of these other scams that are out there? Oh, another one, uh, the top, the, the third one, top uh, scam during COVID, at least, it, rental assistance scams. Ah. Um, and you probably are aware there are many older adults uh, who are struggling to make their rent payments during the pandemic. In fact, according to uh, the Bureau's data, 
as of July 2021, there were 583,400 older renters defined as renters age 65 and older who were behind on their rent payments. Mm. Um, and uh, over a quarter of those felt they were at risk of eviction. And uh, they also reported uh, facing food insecurity uh, or hunger, uh, difficulty meeting expenses and feeling uh, frequently feeling anxious. Right. Yeah, so, so scammers are taking advantage of, of those uh, circumstances, those older renters, as well as others. So there are quite, there have been quite a few different types of scams targeted uh, to consumers. A lot of them are the imposter-related scams where they use official logos uh, and secure platforms. They're trying to collect personal information. Uh, we're even aware of, of one phishing scam that uses the Bureau's logo along with the logos of other federal and nonprofit agencies. And they use language uh, suggesting that um, they can help you, uh, they understand the issues that you're facing, and they ask you to upload photos of your driver's license, among other things. You know, this, this is just one of a variety of different types of imposter scams. There's some uh, that were associated when the economic impact payments were being made. Uh, you know, there were scams related to that. So the scammers, the scammers follow, follow the money. And Perfect. we try to offer um, tips. Uh, that help to empower consumers and older adults so that they understand how to get legitimate help. We provide those resources. Uh, we also encourage consumers to report scams to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, at reportfraud.ftc.gov. There's sure. a special website for that. Um, and also we have a blog on our website that helps uh, consumers to be able to spot a rental assistance uh, scam. Now, that's that's uh, those are some of the top scams related to COVID nineteen, but uh, there are a variety of other ones uh, that are ongoing, and I'm happy to share information about those as well. Well, that'd be wonderful if you would. I know that kind of COVID has has sort of created this whole market for for fraud these days. Yes. But what are some of the other big fraud issues facing older adults today? I mean, well, what are some of those that have been lurking for years, as it were? Well, I'd like to certainly highlight a few. Uh, if you romance would, if you would. scams is oh. uh, romance scams uh, represent a very significant uh, uh, cause of, of huge financial losses to consumers of all ages. Uh, so, what's a romance scam? What is a a romance scam is um, where someone you befriends you uh, either by phone or on the internet more often than not now and sometimes through some of the dating apps that are very uh, popular okay. uh, and uh, they will reach out to form you know a relationship with you sometimes they've been able to get and sometimes it's on social media platforms as well uh, they have information on you already you may have uploaded if someone if, if you've uploaded information about your your likes and you know some of hobbies and other personal information. They may already have some of that information, uh, and then they very uh, they they gradually begin to uh, ask you for money. Uh, usually starting with small sums, and it increases. And mm. um, the 
there there's always a promise that you will see they you will see this person soon you will meet but then when that time comes there's some type of reason that didn't happen or emergency and then there's another request for money and those requests continue to escalate um uh, there, um, there've been some, some, uh, there's been a lot of media coverage about, about romance scams. Um, but they're at an all time high right now. And believe it or not, in the past five years, people have reported losing a staggering $1.3 billion in romance scams. 1.3 billion. And in 2021, reported losses hit a, hit a record of $547 million. Uh, the median, and that was an increase, uh, more than six times what was reported as loss in 2017, and an 80% increase over 2020. The median loss was about $2,400. And there's no doubt that um, that escalation in losses and people being ensnared in this, these types of events or these types of fraudulent schemes has a lot to do with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and being isolated. Um, the interest, one of the interesting things about this is that the re reports of romance scams increased for all age groups. And in fact, the largest increase was for people age 18 to 29. Um, so that's that's an interesting data point. Any but, idea well, why the younger folks are the most vulnerable at this point? Um, I'm not, not entirely sure. I mean, I could I can only surmise, but I would think one uh, more widespread use of social media and maybe some of the dating apps. So that that could be a, a reason. Um, and um, it's possible also that uh, maybe as we get older and get more experience, perhaps we, we're able to um, uh, see some of these issues. Um, I'm not sure. So maybe our age and wisdom is beneficial. Uh, but the, the other data point that is sobering, very sobering, equally sobering really, is that uh, older adults reported the highest dollar loss. Mm -hmm. So that older adults are, are defrauded less frequently through romance scams. But when they are, the, the dollar loss is approximately $9,000. Wow. Yes, compared to $750 for the 18 to 29 age group. And it's a very insidious process. We've done a lot of work in this area because of the, the, the magnitude of the financial losses uh, for older adults. Um, we recently issued in 2021 an update to one of our um, um, initiatives called Money Smart for Older Adults, which is really designed to help empower older adults to recognize fraud and scams and to protect take appropriate steps to avoid them. We updated it with, with um, a description of an update on, on romance scams to really talk about this and why it's important and why it's important to talk to family and friends about um, you know, th this issue to help raise awareness for everyone. Because as I said earlier, it's not just older adults uh, who are victimized. And 
You know, there's some basic tips that we offer, not offering money, not sending money or gifts to anyone that you haven't met in person, not sharing your personal information online, um, and then talking to someone you know, you trust about a love interest uh, that you you may have you know you may have um, come to know through uh, suddenly or through you know social media platforms or even if you meet the person in person. Uh, just talking to someone you know you trust to, so that you can make th- make sure that things add up. You know, friends and family sometimes can help help you identify issues that you may not have seen yourself. Sometimes you know the scammers will use fake pictures, mm-hmm. so we uh, we suggest that you, you try a reverse image search. How does that work? Um, there is a way, and I'm not the technical expert, but there's right. a way you can actually um, check an image to see if it's been used on a number, you know, in other places. And the image will pop up. And oh. so that same image may be associated with a number of different websites. That's usually a telltale sign. Okay. Okay. I can imagine too, especially with the romance scams, that part of the dilemma is that there's sort of the multiple shame stuff going on. I yes. mean, there is, there's the shame of, having your money stolen, but also of having your heart broken. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and and then it's like, you know, compounded upon itself. And in many cases, uh, someone uh, who who was scammed like this had, has lost a loved one, you know, uh, a spouse or other loved ones. They're feeling very lonely uh, and isolated. And yes, there is, and sometimes people don't even report these, these incidents uh, because they right. are very embarrassed and they right. feel a lot right. of shame about, right. about it. Um, and so it's, it's like a double loss. Right, um, exactly. So it's, it's really, imp- it's just really important for us to make sure we talk about this. And that's why this conversation today is so important and so valuable from our perspective, because the more we know about this, um, this, this really um, terrible form of fraud, um, I don't know if there's any good form of fraud, but it is a particularly <clears throat> harmful form right. of fraud because of the dollar losses involved and particularly to older adults. So it's really important to, to talk about this uh, with our family members to make sure we spot we, we, we know the signs and that we're all armed and able to fight back when, when um, we, we see these types of situations arising. Sure. Well, there are romance scams. Are there, are, are there other types of scams that are out there that particularly target elders? Yes. <clears throat> well, get, now that so many of us, I mean, more and more of us are at home and we're relying on technology. So... We're seeing many, many more or or a significant increase in the number of tech support scams. And I'm sure we've all seen them. They pop up on your screen uh, telling you that there is, you have a virus on your screen or some other issue. Your memory's full. I have one that pops up all the time. One of the platforms I have that says, your memory's full. You need to contact this number. Yeah, it's a scam. and they make you pay for services that you don't need. Um, and they have the opportunity to remote into your computer and, ah. and steal your personal information. 
And so you know, the, the key there is really not clicking on links or call numbers that come up on pop-ups, uh, no matter how um, um, tempting that, that may be. Um, it's sort of and, alarmist, it sounds. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So to and to have your own sources for if you there if you do think that there's some problem that you can call, you know, a trusted source that you know of who can help you with with uh, your computer. We have again, we have resources on our website about this issue. Um, and we also have a blog called What You Should Know About Tech Support Scams. Um, okay. So encourage I would would encourage uh, everyone to take a look at that uh, when we have the opportunity. There's one more area okay. I just wanted to touch on. Oh, great. Um, money meal scams. Now, with the money meal scams, sometimes they're used in um, conjunction with, with romance scams. Um, a money mule is someone who receives and moves money from that came from victims of fraud. Mm. Um, and sometimes, actually, the money mules may know that they're assisting with criminal activity, but many others are unaware that their actions are really helping fraudsters. Uh, so um, sometimes they uh, money mules become a person becomes a money mule um, and isn't aware of it. They want to help a love interest or someone they met online. They get uh, money from someone uh, that they don't, they don't necessarily know. And then they will move that money at the direction of the person, you know, at, who, who's kind of uh, master, who's masterminding this fraud. Hmm. So oh. that's another area of increasing concern. Uh, and um, I mean, for a number of reasons, one, it, it certainly causes significant losses to consumers, including older adults, but it also could result in someone um, being subject to, uh, you know, criminal charges if, sure. they, if they were to participate uh, in, in knowing in a, and know that they were doing so. So we have some tips. We offer some tips on how to avoid becoming a money mule. If not, don't receive or send money or packages for people you don't know, or if you haven't met that person um, yourself. Jobs that promise easy money, especially if it involves sending or receiving. Uh, money or packages, you know, opening bank accounts or cryptocurrency accounts at someone else's direction, and sending just sending money to an online love interest, even if they send you money first, because sometimes mm. they do that. Um, really? really? So that's another, yes, yes. That's another way that um, you know, people, unfortunately, are scammed. Um, Man, it seems like it's, an, it's a never-ending battle against the bad guys, doesn't it? Always. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not and, only at, at, at your level, but even at, at just at the individual consumer level. Absolutely. Well, what's important to know is that the scammers always follow the money. That's so right. whatever, for example, now uh, the F FTC data is showing a significant increase in scam activity resulting from crypto use of cryptocurrencies. Really? So, you know, cryptocurrencies um, is still, for most consumers, relatively new. A form of currency, if you will, right, <laughs> um, right. and not um, not fully regulated at this point, and and so certainly not to the extent that um, you know that that um, you know that our money dollars are, right. uh, and and so 
there are a lot of there's a lot of opportunity for scammers there, and that's that's where their that's where their efforts are now focused. And so uh, it's really important to know that, and to for consumers really to understand, you know, what specific scams, understand what those are, and the studies show that if you know about a specific type of scam, mm -hmm. then you're far less likely to lose lose money in that in those uh, types of schemes. So what kind of resources do we have? I mean, what kind of resources do we have at our disposal to protect ourselves? Well, you know, some of them are pretty simple. Um, it, you know, again, knowing about scams and the Bureau has a robust website and resources that offer information about specific types of scams. Federal Trade Commission is another good source of information. Mm. Um, and talking about scams is also very important. As I mentioned before, it, sharing your knowledge, uh, passing it on to your friends and families. If you haven't an older friend or a neighbor or a family member, making sure that you're checking in with them by phone um, or video, um, you know, even if you can't see them in person, just staying in touch is really important. So really using the information, using our networks, our of family and friends, um, community support, and the resources of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Um, we certainly have a host of resources on our website. I mentioned the Money Smart for Older Adults um, Consumer Awareness uh, it's really a scam prevention pro, uh, initiative that helps it identifies key types of scams and what consumers can do to avoid being victimized. Um, and then just knowing that um, these resources are available um, and we are available to share our resources and to talk about them with consumers um, at, at any time. How do you go about reporting scams? There are a number of, of ways uh, to report them. Uh, one is reportfraud.ftc.gov. I mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, it also may be appropriate to contact local law enforcement authorities uh, to report fraud and scams. Um, and um, also you can file, consumers can file a complaint at uh, consumerfinance.gov slash complaint if, there, if there's a problem with credit, banks or lenders who, who may be involved or could have some connection, they can certainly file a complaint with, with the Bureau. Um, and I should just mention that the, the Bureau has a very, very um, uh, robust complaint system that consumers can use, even apart from situations of fraud, if they, if they have a concern with um, a company that provides a financial product or service, uh, whether it is a, um, you know, a, a vehicle loan, an auto loan, a home loan, a credit card, um, a reverse mortgage, uh, a student loan, these are all uh, products and services that are regulated by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. You can file a complaint. The Bureau will share that information with the company against whom the complaint is filed. And that company will then follow up and respond and 
Um, I will say that, um, you know, having used that myself on one occasion on a personal level, it gets their attention. Deborah, it is, it is a joy and it is a privilege. Well, thank you, Bob, for those kind words. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Be sure to check out the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's resources at consumerfinance.gov. And don't forget, another great place to look for resources is on CPG's e-learning library, where you'll find our e-learning course on investment fraud. Theme music for our podcast is by Fran McKendry. The views and opinions expressed by guests of Choose Well are their own and do not represent the views and opinions of the Church Pension Fund or its affiliates, collectively the Church Pension Group. Neither the Church Pension Fund nor any of its affiliates, collectively CPG, is responsible for the content, performance, or security of any website referenced herein that is outside the www.cpg.org domain or that is not otherwise associated with a CPG entity. You've been listening to Choose Well from the Church Pension Group.